What's going on, Packers fans? Aaron Nagler here, joined by Malcolm from Big Max Breakdowns here on YouTube. You can find his stuff at the link in the description of this video. Malcolm, how are you doing? Uh, Packers season is over, but a pretty promising rookie class, I'd say. Yeah, man, and you saw it on full display in the playoffs. It's like, man, you, you got to really see how close this team is or might be to a Super Bowl in the near future. And I think, like, we got there on the backs of most of these rookies with their young energy. So I'm excited to see what these guys could put together moving forward. Now, I told you we're going to go through the rookie class. So that's what we've kind of done with you all season long. I'd yeah. love to get your perspective on these guys. But I'm going to start with the toughest one first. Because I know going back to this summer, looking at this draft class um, and the way kind of training camp was playing out, you know, there were a lot of Packers fans nervous about that rookie kicker. And yeah. you and you preached grace, which I thought was was smart and also pretty damn compassionate, given how yeah. inconsistent he had looked at times. And then, of course, we get to this playoff game, big miss in a big spot. But if you want to pull back and look at kind of the totality of his rookie season and where you think the patience might be called for still, or is it time to maybe start bringing in some competition? How do you view Anders Carlson's rookie season? Uh, I view it for the most part as a success. I know he did miss some kicks throughout the season, but, you know, going into the season, as we said, like we could be expecting him to miss some kicks, miss some kicks and miss some crucial kicks. And ultimately, you know, we could, we as people can have a very, what have you done for me lately? And <laughs> what he's done for us lately was, uh, you know, potential, uh, missed the kick that potentially could have sent us to the NFC championship and even more so the Super Bowl possibly. Because uh, I'm pretty sure we were all confident that we could have we could have beat the Buccaneers if we played them again or beat the Lions if we were able to get past the 49ers. But uh, I, I still think he has a rookie season that we could build on. I honestly think like some of the competition is basically the Packer way, just making sure these guys stay on their toes and know that their job isn't safe. And I think that Goo is showing that, hey, if guys aren't working out, we're not afraid to move on. I don't care if we drafted you. I don't care if uh, you're a guy off the street. If you can make this team better, you can make this team better. So I think that's what a move like that. I think we signed Jack Pod Lesney right. uh, out of Georgia. So um, I think Andres Carlson, not saying he has it in the bag again. He still has to go out and compete for his job. I think he, for a rookie, I think he did pretty decent. I wouldn't mind if we went into next season. If I had to make the decision today, I wouldn't be mad at all if the Packers chose him to move forward as the kicker for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, that's I got me personally. I'm pretty sure some people out there like you know <laughs> there might be some differences of opinion. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. Guy, but it's like I right. can't go out there and kick for him. You know what I'm saying? All I could do is believe in him and, and and put good faith on him. I think for a rookie kicker, he did a good job. So I think we could see. Uh, and, and mind you, I think again, field goal team as a whole wasn't the most consistent as well. So that is true. I think again, like I also said, once we start seeing more consistency as a whole from the uh field goal team we'll start seeing more consistency out of Anders Carlson I think that's true and it's kind of fascinating to look at that game in particular where earlier in the game there is a horrible snap that literally yeah. skips on the surface of the playing field that is somehow gotten up and he makes that kick so yeah it, and it's, I've seen, that, it's a good point definitely. yeah I've seen the uh a PFF stat out there that we had the second lowest graded uh long snapper in the league somewhere around there like he was one of the lowest graded uh, long snappers in the league so it's like like we got to get guys that's able to do their job as well on the field goal team 
I would say my biggest my biggest uh ding against Anders Carlson is I don't see him get a lot of touchbacks. I think a lot of teams got a chance to return kicks. I would say, if anything, Agreed. that's my biggest. Well, and then biggest, right. I'm glad you brought that up because how much of that is him being asked to do that? Like, it yeah. seems like they want to cover kicks. Yeah. And I don't understand why when it he apparently he has the leg. We've seen him do it in camp practices, in mm. some games, in preseason and what have you. But then, yeah, we get into these games, even before the end of the year when things turn cold and it's a little harder to drive the ball. I just haven't seen him asked to do that or seemingly yeah. asked to do that consistently. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. It, it, mm-hmm. That's that's a curious one. Yeah. Uh, to me. I, if he's being told to do that, I'm not sure why, because, you know, every time they return the ball, I hold my breath. You're not alone on that one. Kickoff or coverage. Yeah, I hold my breath every time. Um, Let's go back to the top of the, the 2023 draft and look at Lucas Van Ness, because mm-hmm. – Clearly, I mean, right out of the gate there, week one in Chicago, he got his first sack, um, yeah. hustling outside the pocket, bringing down fields in the open field. I don't think anyone would mistake him for Clay Matthews, his rookie season, right? No, I, no, the no, production no, certainly no. wasn't there, but the opportunities also weren't there. Like, he was very much a rotational piece yeah. pretty much throughout the season. Uh, how do you view his rookie year? Uh, if I had to give it a grade... I would say C plus B minus just because I feel like, but even if I go back to a guy like Rashawn Gary, I will give it the same grade just to start off. That doesn't mean it can improve. And I most definitely think that Lucas Van Ness can improve because you started to see it towards the end of the season. I think that's a regular kind of trend for the past couple of draft classes. You see the bumps and bruises. You you see flashes throughout the beginning of the season, but you're going to see the bumps and bruises. They're going to be apparent and abundant. But as the season go on and they start to get more experience, like I saw Lucas Van Ness make a lot of plays. You know, I think he had five sacks. Four of those sacks came in the last six games. Right. And he made a couple of plays in that Atlanta game as well at the beginning of the season. I think, again, I, I, I would say that, again, I wish he was utilized a little bit different. Didn't really kick inside as much. I thought that was – I was going to I was gonna bring that up, right? The good. fact that we spent the whole summer thinking, oh, they could really kind of – use him up and down the front that never yeah. really materialized yeah and it's like if you want this guy to, he not only needs the technique and know what to do he needs the confidence and i thought that could have been a confidence builder like hey use your athleticism to beat this guard or something like that or you know use this opportunity just to get some just to plug a gap maintain because we we let up a lot of yards against guys like tommy <laughs> devito on the ground <sighs> i thought guys yeah. like if you put an edge rusher inside you probably negate some of those athletic differences between, you know, a quarterback and a regular defense alignment like a Kenny Clark or Devontae White. You put a guy in there that runs a 4-5 like Lucas Van Ness, it'll give guys a hard time trying to get out that pocket. So, again, fortunately, we're going into a new season, the new season <laughs> with a new defensive coordinator that could possibly right. bring out the most of Lucas Van Ness. And that's what's got me the most excited because – Again, like I said, his, he could his skill set and his talent could have been maximized a lot more in his rookie season. Uh, but again, we coming in with fresh blood, and I cannot wait to see how they use Lucas Van Ness. Oh, so, yes, his grade might be a C plus, B minus right now, but I think it could shoot up to an A plus at least this season, given that we got some new uh, schemes coming in for the defensive side of the football. Yeah, I think the the upside is still really almost untapped really yeah. as far as like his athleticism and his explosiveness that we saw in spurts, but never really with a consistency that 
you know, I, I guess you expect from a rookie, right? That's yeah. that's kind of the gig, especially again when you're not getting a ton of opportunities, um, yeah. especially early in the season. Uh, I thought, yeah, I thought. It was and a you solid had other guys game. playing well. Kingsley Nagbar, right? Nagbar played yeah. well. Preston Smith, he was Mister Consistent. Uh, and Rashawn Gary, you know, he started to work his way back into form this yeah. year, so he was behind a lot of good depth. I hope he learned a lot from these guys as well. But I think, like towards the end of the season, especially that sack against Patrick Mahomes, you started to really see him sort of yes, start sir. to flourish and come into his own and start to make disruptions, play after play, not just as a pass rusher, but as a run defender as well, which I thought would have been his forte right off the bat. Um, looking at the next selection, we'll kind of tie that together with the third rounder in Tucker Craft with Luke Musgrave, the two tight ends. Kind of a fascinating study in the sense that you have Musgrave as the clear kind of number one guy right out of the gate. I mean, from the yeah. first training camp practice, um, he was installed as your starting tight end. Yeah. And then he suffers that injury to his spleen in uh, basically the midseason, right? And then Tucker Craft is there, ready, mm-hmm. available, in a way that I don't think anybody expected because he did. He looked rough early yeah. in the season, but he really came on towards the end of the year. What did you think of these guys uh, in the rookie seasons? Well, I'll start off with Musgrave since he was tight end one headed into the season. Uh, I thought right off the bat, we just wanted the connection – between him and Jordan Love to connect. It was either <laughs> Jordan Love was missing him by a few yards or every time Lucas, uh, Luke uh, Musgrave caught the ball, he was falling to the ground. He was just like, man, if these guys could get it going. <laughs> and I think around the Rams game and the Steelers games where you start to see like Luke Musgrave and, and Jordan Love really start to pick it up. And at that point, Jordan Love was just attacking in the middle of the field. He was attacking the check down with Luke Musgrave in the flat. Like, it just started to get excited to see because it was like we finally have a receiving tight end. And only thing he just needs to do is get stronger so that he can block. But I think that's where Musgrave, you know, he started to pick up some of the slack. And that was my guy headed into the season. That was my pick saying that he was tight end one due to his blocking prowess as well as when he, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's – a bitch and a half to bring down. I don't know if I can say that, but he, he, he's, Absolutely. A, he's, a, he's a motherfucker to bring down. And he was hurdling guys, you know, running through guys, not afraid from contact. So you start to see these guys kind of complement each other. You started to see like, man, if you get these guys on the same, on the field at the same time, because Luke Musgrave did miss some games once Tucker Craft started to pick up his game, you started to see like, once these guys be able to put it together, like watch out for this offense. And I think uh, most uh, famous, once you got to the Cowboys game, you started to see, okay, we're going to hit uh, Tucker Craft underneath. I, I think he only got one reception that game. But you started to see we're going to hit him underneath, let him wear down some linebackers and things of that nature. Then we're going to sneak Musgrave out <laughs> to the wheel, and he's going to be wide open. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You started open. to see the potential of the offense really start to broaden because you started to see these two guys, along with the other weapons that receivers, start to come to life and you know, started to do everything right. You start, uh, I want to say it was the Chargers game where uh, Kraft was just, he looked like, you know, a, a, a junior kiddo almost, like, you know, just picking up guys like Khalil Mack, working up to the next level, getting his hat on to linebackers. Even Musgrave had a, a few important blocks. I think he had an important block on that. Jaden Reed reversed to a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So it's like these guys, they starting to pick up their IQs. 
they're starting to, uh, their bodies are starting to mature. So I'm excited to see them next year and how Matt LaFleur maximized their talent and their skill sets to make life easier for Jordan Love. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, another pair of pass catchers uh, that the Packers got in this draft were obviously Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks, a couple of yeah. guys who really contributed a hell of a lot more than I expected their rookie yeah. seasons. And I know clearly, I mean, with the way they kind of overturned the roster, you knew that these guys would see targets would get some kind of action as far as, you know, production on, on throughout the season. But the way they were just, I mean, Jaden Reed, uh, broke Sterling Sharp's rookie record for yeah. most receptions in a season. You know, it's like I I knew they would be involved, but the way both of these guys really, I mean, Reed in particular, but both of them uh, exploded onto the scene. You got to be excited. What, what did you see their rookie season? Uh, starting off with Jaden Reed, first off, A-plus of a rookie season. Uh, I thought he wasn't getting used enough early on, <laughs> and I made a video saying that, Get this guy some gag, some some manufactured touches. Keep giving them, just give him a jet sweep, just give him an end around, give him screens. Like let this guy just see, just see, let's just see what he could do with the ball in his hands. And you started to see that around the Chargers game, the uh, the uh, Rams game, Vikings game. Like he started to just uh, Malafort started to give Jaden Reed the ball any way he can. And even in the Lions game, you start to see it on the end around sweep. That mm-hmm. hey, this guy is special. I would like to. I would like for us to add another Jaden Reed to this team or somebody <laughs> with a skill set because this is what I love about Jaden Reed. Not only can he be a receiver, you could just use him exclusively as a receiver and be just fine. I, if that's how talented he is, and I think he's still growing. I still think that Malafleur could put a little bit more weight onto his plate. Uh, but again, you adding that extra element just. Being able to get manufactured touches and being that I thought he could be sort of that Debo Samuel, Tyreek Hill type of element to this offense. Maybe not to the extent, not calling him the same caliber of player just yet, but I think you could have him as the focal point of this offense. That way defense is key in on him and you could work off whether you just want to fake the fake the swing pass or fake the end around and hand it off to one of the running backs or, you know, just using them in multiple ways so that you could give other guys other opportunities. And moving on to Dontavian Weeks. I mean, you could go back to the Senior Bowl in, in twenty early twenty twenty three. Like, I, I just seen the Packer fans love this guy from that moment <laughs> from the Senior Bowl last year, and right. then and the hype just built up. And it was we didn't see him in the preseason, so we didn't really know what to expect from him. So seeing him show out in in week two uh, against the Falcons, and yeah. then moving forward, like it was up and down. He dealt with some injuries, 
But once he was able to put together a consistent body of work, you like, did, did we just drive Devontae <laughs> 2.0? Right. Did we just drive a, another Tay? <laughs> like, literally. It, I mean, it, look at his release. It's spooky, look, man. The way he's able to get open and get yeah. not only kind of off the line of scrimmage, right? But then <laughs> yeah. at the top of the route to be able to separate it's impressive for a rookie he right is, and at that size you know, almost. he's not he's not a small receiver no at all. yeah exactly and, and again another guy i think we haven't even seen most of his skill set i think this he has about a 40 inch vertical so i would have loved to have seen him in the red zone a little oh, bit more. yeah a little jump ball action jump ball action <laughs> i know he had one opportunity against atlanta and just missed it but i didn't really see too many opportunities after that but yeah and then the, uh, another guy who i think you know even when he messed up because you know he had that fumble against the rounds you know yep. he just got right back out there and like just keep feeding me just keep feeding me and you started to see you keep he allowed for Jordan Love to attack the middle of the field the way he did, in my opinion. I think that Jordan Love found that confidence with Dontavian Weeks, and I think that uh, if you go to the again to the Dallas game, I mean he he put in enough confidence to go at an All Pro corner, you I know, mean, and a former All Pro corner, no, with no, no he's a player of the year at that, you right. know, and it's like again that these guys not just Reed and uh, Weeks. But, you know, of course, Watson and Dobbs, you can even extend down to Milton and Heath. Like, you you started to see these guys really mature and really gain that chemistry with Jordan Love. It's like, you know, the sky isn't even the limit. We going to the moon. We going to the stars with this offense. We going to the stars with this offense. And then I think that Wicks and Reed, I think they're enough to be, you know, wide receiver one, wide receiver two on this team as they continue to mature and things of that nature. It, they, they, that's the, and I think that's the thing about us Packer fans. We don't get the sexy round one wide pick, right? You know, and I think I'm okay with that. If we were to go to this draft and not draft the receiver, I'm okay with that because I feel like we have a number one and we have a number two and Reed and Wick specifically. And then you got a, a good complement of guys with Dobbs, Watson, and Reed, uh, Heath and Melton as well. So. I'm fine with Rick Wicks and Reed being our one and two punch, you know, moving forward. I love it. I love everything we saw from them. And yeah, the, the idea that they're just kind of starting out is unbelievably <laughs> exciting. It, it, no question about it. Um, uh, we're going to keep going in pairs here, I guess, because we have the two tight ends. We got the two receivers. What about the two defensive linemen? We got obviously Colby Wooden and Carl Brooks. Uh, both of them flashed at times. I think Brooks was really coming on towards the end of the year. What did you see from those guys in their rookie seasons? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think Wooden, though far, few in between. It's like every time I seen him, I seen him. He made his presence right. known. It's like I didn't miss a play that Kobe Wooden made because it's like, oh, it was like, oh, shit, Kobe Wooden made a play. You know, he's out there. He, yeah. he, he disrupted the play. He made it into the backfield. He's chasing the quarterback like he's doing those little things. And again, another young guy still undersized, was playing undersized at the position around 275, 280. You think about if you could get this guy up to maybe 290, you wonder what else you could do with him. Still yeah. a guy that could probably even kick out with his athletic profile. He could probably I wondered about that. You think you think he could handle that? You, th you think they could possibly do that? I mean, we obviously don't know who the coordinator is going to be, what kind of scheme they're going to be running, yeah. but do you think he could go outside? I think he could in a pinch, at least on rundowns. Right. Uh, 
And I would say, even if you need to rotate them in, because a guy need a breather or two, why not? I think that's why you draft these athletic guys and you draft these guys who have versatile backgrounds so that you can mix and match and throw off the defense or throw off the offense, excuse me, give them different looks. Or you could you could use them on one tackle just to give the other edge rusher a better yep. matchup against a different tackle. You know what I'm saying? It's just you just mix and match. You got to be able to play your space in different ways. You can't just have them and leave them stationary at one position that way. Okay, I'm gonna be facing his left guard every down, and now this left guard is is he's he's knowing my moves. You know what I'm saying? These guys, you you out, right? Yeah, like, you gotta understand these guys on the other side of the ball. They get paid too, so you know they're gonna look at a rookie and figure him out just like that because the rookie is still learning how to develop. But uh, not to rumble on, getting back to Carl Brooks. You know that was my guy. That was my guy throughout the whole draft process, and I was again I was surprised that the Packers even drafted him due to his athletic profile, but. You seen with his hand technique, his hand violence, that's the reason why the Packers picks up a Carl Brooks with an, another guy with an edge background kicking inside uh, to the three tech. Uh, again, like I'm glad that the Packers drafted him. He was disruptive pretty much throughout the whole season, was a key piece, a key rotational piece at that. Uh, a guy that penetrated pretty well. He had a mean double hand swipe. Had a lot of pop in his hands throughout the season. It was like what what we got in Carl Brooks, what his draft pro- profile was. He was exactly that for the Packers this past season. Uh, I do think he needs to, you know, chisel out, chisel his frame out a little bit more. But once he does, man, I I think again, I'm, I'm not saying he's like a Kenny replacement. I still think we need to start thinking about who might replace Kenny once he gets to that age. I'm not saying yep. he's at that age either. But I'm just saying, like, I think this guy can be a key rotational piece for the Packers for time to come as well. But I think so, he could do it a little bit on an extended basis, maybe even take a key third down pass rushing role uh, with him and Devontae Wyatt at the helms. Totally. I, I'd love to see him just get more opportunities. I thought whenever he was out there, which, again, towards the end of the year was with more regularity. But, yeah, man, I, I just thought he really brought uh, an extra gear. To that defensive front and yeah. seem to win more often than not, especially when you got a one-on-one with a guard or what have you. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I really like this kid. Um, sticking on the defensive side of the ball, and we saw a lot, and I mean a lot of Carrington Valentine this year, yeah, uh, due to you know injuries. <laughs> I mean, both between you know Russell getting traded and and Jair being hurt much of the year. Uh, you know, we saw Valentine nearly every week. What did you think? Because it was interesting coming out of the summer, the training camp situation where he was so physical and you got Mm -hmm. really excited about the promise there. But, you know, teams, especially I think that Denver game is the one that really jumps out to me. They they certainly targeted him. And I think it was a pretty up and down affair. What what did you see from Carrington Valentine during his rookie season? Uh, Well, we could go back to the preseason again, doubling down on what you said in his physicality. And I think that's what we were excited about, given that we were, you know, expecting uh, Joe Barry to play a lot more aggressive coverages, a lot more press coverage. So it was like, okay, cool. We got a rookie. We got a guy. We got a guy that can, that, that can do that. You know, <laughs> of course we need to develop his, you know, man to man technique. I would say he still needs to improve his press technique as well. Can kind of, uh, I think he needs to trust his athleticism is basically what I want to say. Trust his athleticism so that, he could be a little bit more aggressive in coverage. And, of course, I think he needs to get a little bit bigger 
so that guys like guys like a Cortland Sutton aren't just having their way. Because there was a lot of instances where, you know, he could have just jarred. I, I would say if he had a little bit more uh, strength in his upper half, he could have jarred some balls loose. You know, he could have won some of those 50-50 balls. I think he got muscled out of the ball, muscled out of a ball at the be at the end of the season. I can't remember what quite game it was. I just remember the rep. However, like you start to see the signs, like, man, this guy is pretty sticky in coverage. He just needs to know how to finish the play, know how to attack the ball at the catch point and things of that nature. But uh, all in all, I think throughout the season, especially once we traded Rasul Douglas, I think that was not only just us. I think at the time we might have seen it as a rebuilding type of move, but I think why if we have a guy that we're confident in, we also have the room to do, to to improve our draft. I think it was a sort of a win-win. I think it was an even trade between Rasul Douglas, the Packers and the Bills mm-hmm. got a third round pick, but I also think we thought that Carrington Valentine can take over for Rasul Douglas. Might not have the same impact, but can develop into somebody that can have an impact like a Rasul Douglas. I don't think that's out the realm of possibilities. And he's looking like one of the better steals of the draft. So, I mean, for a seventh rounder. For a seventh rounder that could potentially be your CB2 moving I'll forward. That. that could possibly be like a Sam Shields <laughs> right. type of corner. You know, right. a CB2 that can hold his own on the other side on on the other side from your CB1 and right now of course we still got Jair Alexander but it's like even when Rashad, even when Jair Alexander was out it was I I said this on Twitter a few times I said I, I'm not saying that our defense is better without Jair I just think we play more a little bit more cohesive totally agree I think we totally play a little agree. bit more cohesive because we're not trying to compensate you know for leaving Jair on the best receiver now mm-hmm. we're we're bracketing the rest Everybody else, I'm like, no, I think when it was Carrington Valentine and Corey Valentine, I think just the back end was just a little bit more, you know, comfortable playing their own games and things of that nature. So I'm not, I, I, I'm not uh, putting out the realm of possibility that we might. I, I still think we go corner in the draft. We, I Me think too. we might even go corner early. I wouldn't be surprised, but right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that we absolutely need to, you know. Yeah, they're not boxed in there, but I think there's definitely a good chance that yeah, I think it's in the first three rounds. Yeah, Yeah. especially with some of the controversy surrounding Jair and stuff. Like, I yeah, the Jair thing is interesting. I will say though, to Jair's credit, when he came back from the suspension, I thought he played well, and especially in that Dallas game, you could tell he was he was almost over communicating, right, and making sure that he was in tune with everything going on, and everyone knew kind of as a collective what the call was what the adjustments were yeah I, man if we get that jair going forward I'm, yeah just I'm discipline and, and just yep. standing on business like i listen i'm i wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't be mad at all if it's jair and court uh excuse me carrington valentine as the yeah. cb1 cb2 respectively and maybe just addressing the nickel corner situation you know i think we've yes. been needing to address that i think that's the yes. more pressing need totally agree absolutely a thousand percent agree yeah yeah. um really quick wrapping up the uh the the draft class here with um anthony johnson jr who look was making a big jump from what he was asked to do in college to the pros you saw certainly i would characterize it as a very typical rookie up and down season when called upon i thought he was kind of thrown in the fire I don't think there was there's no shame in saying like he struggled at times, but yeah, I still think you saw glimpses of what they liked about him, why they made him a draft selection, because yeah, 
I still think there's talent there, and I still think I'm excited to watch him develop. What did you see uh, from his rookie season? I think, again, to piggyback off what you said, just a lot of glimpses, uh, most notoriously in that Rams game. I think him and and Carrington Valentine came alive those games. But uh, I think, again, seven-round pick is like, can you really be mad at if he (laughs) misses a tackle or if he misses a read? Like, you can't really – I'm not saying you can't be mad at it because you want these guys to develop because you start to grow attached you start to see their potential. And Anthony Johnson Jr., it's like – Okay, you're a safety. We need safety first and foremost. Mm. You're a safety that can, you know, that shows potential in man coverage or man match coverage. It's like you can be that guy. You just got to come and take that opportunity. Another guy that's still very much a project, but you see the athleticism. You see him being able to fly around because that's and, and be it that that was, you know, supposed to be the Joe Barry way. You started to see like, hey, this guy, he could be a staple in this, uh, this, this defense and being that. This league is moving towards, you know, guys on the front end getting pressure and mm-hmm. guys on the back end. We want guys we want guys covering guys, not grass. I, I think this might be a defense-heavy draft again. And I know yep. you're like, uh, how many more can we yeah. have? No, I, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I'm like – That's, a good, that's a good question. Before we get going, I want to yeah, yeah. ask you about the draft needs, right? And we always kind of – pick this over every single year and we all kind of have ideas about what the Packers should do or could do or, you know, might do. And then they, they almost always go a different way, but um, something you said a little bit ago that I completely agree with to me, the number one need is slot corner. Like it's no shade on Nixon, but you got to improve there. You got to get somebody who's a lot more of a kind of a twitchy athlete, right? Somebody who can handle those two way goes those Mm -hmm. option routes in space I just think that's, you know, you saw Nixon struggle with a lot of that. Yeah. Um, and to me, like, maybe there's someone on the team that can handle that. I know you mentioned Anthony Johnson Jr. Carrington Valentine was running in the slot towards the end of camp. Yeah. But to me, like, I just think that's an athletic position that you need a premium athlete at. Yeah. And I don't know, like, as far as what they will consider premium, like, they have certainly shown that they want corners. Uh, whether it's corner, tackle, edge rusher, those are traditionally how the Packers view kind of, you know, premium positions. Slot corner, I don't know if they do, but I think they need to start because I think that's been an issue basically since Charles Woodson left. Like yeah. when, once Woodson was gone, manning the slot. I mean, they had Micah yeah. Hyde come on towards Micah the end Hyde, of his uh, rookie contract, <laughs> but they let him go right when he was, you know, hitting his peak form. So for me, that's that's really kind of the number one need. For me, yeah. what do you what do you what do you see when it comes to draft needs? Uh, need, I would say, like piggybacking off what you said, uh, slot corner is definitely a big need. I'm 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 scouting right now Javon Bullard really hard out of Georgia. You know the Packers love their Georgia Bulldog. Mm-hmm. That's my that SEC speed, baby. That, yeah, that's probably my number one guy at the slot corner. Uh, but I like again, I said safety, and there's a lot of. There's a handful of safeties in this class that I think the Packers could use, and I wouldn't be mad if they went first-round safety, second-round safety, similar to how we did the tight ends and D-line. You know, double dip, get two guys that are guys, that are real dudes, and, you know, go from there. Uh, A sneaky need is linebacker, Uh, especially if we come in, if we get a guy at D.C. that likes to blitz. I know Quay Walker is a blitzer, but, you know, who is going to, are we going to keep Devondre Campbell to drop to be that guy that drops back in the coverage? But you yeah. know, if you want to throw guys off, you're going to have to have that second linebacker that could get after the quarterback as well. So 
I don't know if that's really Devondre Campbell's forte. Maybe Isaiah McDuffie takes a step. But I think linebacker is a sneaky need. And I would say uh, D-line. Cornerback, I would say cornerback and D-line. That was, like, again, all the needs are on the defense, in my opinion. I think the offense pretty much showed me, you know, we're good at least for another two years, you know. Not saying that they don't address offense, but I think just where can you get better on the defense? I think uh, with TJ Slayton, he's going into the final year of his contract, if right. I'm not mistaken. So do yep. you plan on keeping him at nose tackle? I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad if we went and got another nose tackle. Amen. Uh, I would say, uh, yeah, and then I would put corner up there. Probably not our biggest need anymore, but it's definitely a need. I, I would say just get better on defense. Just how, how can we show up the defense? And I know they're like, well, we need a, a alpha number one receiver. We need. I hear you know, that so I, much, man. That just like feels like fantasy football thinking. It, you know what it, I mean? It, it just doesn't make sense to me. Well, given everything we saw from the offense this year and how defenses struggled to key on anybody, why bring in that guy so that defensive coordinators know, oh, hey, that's the number one. Like, I yeah. love the fact that they can be so multiple on offense. Right. And there's six wide receivers, you know, that play significant snaps this this uh year right. five of them went over 100 yards at least once you know <laughs> or had at least a breakout game you know right it's like how can you you know really why would you want to throw somebody else into that mix not saying they'll throw off the chemistry but then now they have to develop they'll mm-hmm. then you'll be mad that they're sitting behind the top five guys or top six right. guys you yep. don't want to have to you don't really especially guys that's still on their uh rookie contract rookie deals, still got two yeah. years at least on Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, Bo Milton, and then you got rookie contracts and Wicks, Reed, and Heath. Like, I, I again, I think the only way we add a receiver is either late six, seven round or, well, or, or free agent. That's, I think that's, 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 a, that's my that's, personal opinion. It's a possibility, but I also think I'm not going to sit here and say, like, they're never going to take one, right, early. Um, if somebody drops yeah. and they think there's an incredible yeah. value, like then I yeah. wouldn't be surprised, right? Like if there's right, right. kind of like what happened with Eddie Lacy. Remember when they drafted Eddie Lacy, yeah. everyone yeah. thought Lacy was going earlier than way earlier than he did. And by the time he reached the Packers, what it was in the second late second round, they were like, yeah. uh, okay, because they just couldn't pass up the value. So in I'm, that way, if if a receiver dropped who they have really high on their board, sure. That's one yeah. possibility for me where it's like, okay, that I would understand if they yeah. kind of went that route. And I'm glad you brought up Eddie Lexi because I misspoke a little bit. Running back, I would say that's the only pressing need on offense. On offense, yeah. And it, there's a handful of running backs that I like. I'm not in love with any one of them, I would say, at the moment. Right. But, you know, there's some guys like Marshawn Lloyd out of USC who I like, I think could be a really good dealing replacement. I would say he probably is who we thought Dylan was. That's just my personal <laughs> opinion. And then there's some other sneaky good guys out there that I think we could get late in the draft on the offense on the at the running back position, excuse me. Uh like Rasheen Ali uh, out of Marshall. I was literally just gonna mention him because he had yeah. a day at the senior bowl yesterday. And I really like I because literally from that practice, I went back yeah. and watched some of his stuff and I'm like, uh yes, please. I really yeah. like him. And sometimes I like sometimes I just get on these draft sites, go through the draft boards. And I'm going through each prospect. I turn Rasheed Ali on like, yes, I saw please somebody meant somebody told me on Twitter yesterday, too, which I couldn't agree more. They said Aaron Jones, but bigger. Yeah, and my, kind I, of I right. That's exactly faster. what I thought. Yes. I, think, 
Yes. I think he might be faster. He's a home yep. run hitter. And I know we've been yearning for a home run hitter in, in Green Bay, but I think we also need to keep in count that we like a bruiser too for them yeah. cold December nights yeah. or weather in, turns. In games. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I, again, I said Marshawn Lloyd. In theory, I think Braylon Allen would be a nice, but I don't know if he's I don't know if he's really scheme. I, I was gonna say I fit. I think that'd I think be a fun story. Because he's from Wisconsin, exactly. I'm not the biggest Wisconsin fan. <laughs> exactly. However, right. I think like we we might want him because he's from Wisconsin, and he has a third gear. It's just he has to build up to it. He's a bruiser yeah. back, used to those Wisconsin winters. But I think uh, again, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys that I'm not in particular in love with, but you know I wouldn't mind if the Packers took them early on as well. Love it. Well, this is as always been uh, just a fantastic chat malcolm really appreciate your time man everyone make sure you check out malcolm's stuff at big mac breakdowns here on youtube the link is in the description of this video malcolm thank you so much man thank you so much for having me aaron and uh just wanted to say uh uh, positional rankings for the packers are coming out monday and we're gonna be starting off with the running back so i'm gonna get my top running back prospects for the packers on monday there you go make sure you check it out thanks a lot malcolm all right thanks aaron